Hi everyone, my name is Yumei Chang and I'm the founder of Life is Love School, where we teach adult survivors of childhood trauma essential skills to live a happier and healthier life. Today's topic is how do you trust again after trauma? The feeling that I'm in this by myself, I need to do everything by myself, I'm all alone in this world, etc., is a very common feeling that survivors get. You might have grown up in a family where either your parents were negligent or abusive, or they might have overworked and just left you at home and you got no attention, or maybe you've had friendships where they took a lot more from you than they were willing to give, or maybe later in life you had an intimate partner who betrayed you, and so you get this deep sense that there's nobody for me. And the way to not get hurt again is to not depend on anyone, to never ask for help, to never put myself out there so that they could trample my heart. This is a very common response, but I think at the end of the day, most of us still long for the day that we could feel safe to trust in other people again, that we could feel safe in asking for help when we need it and to depend on somebody. Now, the question is, how do you do that in a wise way? How do you heal yourself so that you could feel safe to be vulnerable again and to choose to trust in people that have shown that they are trustworthy? Again, the lesson here is not to teach you to just trust anybody unconditionally because that's also a trauma response. The right way to do go about this is to trust those people who have through their actions shown that they are people who actually care about you, who are trustworthy. I think a lot of times trauma survivors actually find even in those situations, especially in intimate partner situations, there's still a lot of difficulty to trust, even though the partner has proven themselves over time that they could be trusted. Now, how do you go about rebuilding that inner sense of safety? So I'll go through three points and then leave you with an exercise that you can do at home. So point number one is that you want to, first and foremost, forgive yourself. A lot of times we feel that in situations where things didn't work out, let's say that you were married and your spouse had an affair or they left you, there might be a sense of self-blame. So you might be telling yourself, if I were more, more perfect, this wouldn't have happened. As a child, you might have also blamed yourself for what your parents did to you. So the message might be, if I were a more lovable child, then my father or mother would not have abandoned this. So these kind of messages will keep you stuck. And it's actually irrational as well, because ultimately you have to put the accountability where it lies, which is in the actor. So whoever abused you, betrayed you, that is not on you. That is on them. So that is a part of forgiving yourself and being compassionate towards yourself, which means also not taking blame for when you do not deserve to be blamed. You actually deserve a lot of compassion from yourself in these situations. Point number two is to trust in yourself. So a lot of times people say, oh, how can I trust another person? See, fundamentally, you have to trust yourself in order to trust another person. What do I mean by this? So for people that have a difficulty trusting other people, the underlying message, if you were to double click into this is, well, you know, if I trust another person and they leave or they don't do what they promise or they betray me, I will be devastated. My life will be over. I cannot survive. 
This message might have been true when you were a child and you depended depended completely on your parents for basic survival needs like food and shelter. However, as an adult, as a big person, that's what I like to call it, you have resources, you have strength, you have power, you can do all these things for yourself. You're not going to starve just because maybe somebody betrayed you or somebody said they're going to show up for you and they didn't show up for you. Sure, that sucks, but it's definitely not the end of the world and you can recover. Ultimately, people that feel safe and depending on other people know that in their heart of hearts that should this other person not deliver, they always have themselves. So you have to remind yourself that you always have yourself. As an adult, you have plenty of options and plenty of resources. So there's no longer a need to be so afraid of being let down. The last point I will cover is a psychological concept called object permanency or object constancy. By this I mean when you observe a really small child, an infant, if you wave a toy in front of them and then you drop the toy or put it behind your back, then the child actually thinks that the toy has disappeared. But at a certain point in their development, usually anywhere between three months old and 24 months old, they understand that just because something is out of sight does not mean that it has disappeared. So if you observe really small children, when their mother leaves the room, they usually immediately starts to cry. And that shows a kind of a uncertain understanding of object permanency. They believe that if the mother is gone, they may or may not return. So it's kind of related to the concept of attachment theory as well. The two are kind of interwined. In adults, People that don't have a good sense of object permanency can also have a more clingy behavior. They might feel that if the partner has not texted them in half a day, somehow the partner must be leaving or no longer cares about them, etc. So you can see how that concept is very useful. Also in interpersonal relationships, because just because you're having a fight with a partner doesn't mean that they're all good or all bad you still remember all the good things that they've done with you in the past, done for you in the past, even though at this moment, you might be having an argument with them, you might be feeling disappointed or frustrated with them, you still remember this person as a whole and all the history that you have together. So a person with really bad object permanency, a typical example would be somebody with the narcissistic personality disorder. They either idealize their partner or they completely devalue and discard them. So you would see this person really just flipping back and forth or just um, exhibiting a very jackal and high type of temperament towards their partner. And the reason that I say this is a really important aspect of it is in a relationship, people are going to mess up sometimes. They might say something that is hurtful, but in order to create a trusting relationship, what you want to do is to remind yourself that, yes, even though at this moment I may be frustrated with my girlfriend, boyfriend, partner, but I have to also remember that this person has a good side and it's the totality of this person. If this is something that you struggle with, and it's pretty common for abuse survivors to struggle with this because when we're little, it wasn't safe to say, okay, you know, this father who's generally really abusive also has a good side and 
I could see it in totality. They may just decide, you know, this person is all bad. It's easier to do that. And then you can emotionally kind of cut off any hope that this person can get better. So you just flipped a bit and just say, this person is all bad. I will never trust this person again. In adult relationships, however, it's useful to start to develop a more nuanced view of a person. So a person has maybe sides that I really like and sides I don't like as much. And this person, I have to view them in totality with everything. If you struggle with this, a method that you could use, and this is your take home exercise, is to write a list of all the good qualities and all the good experiences you've had with this person. So next time when you're having a fight with them, take a pause, like literally tell your partner, hey, I need to take a pause and look at my list and then review the list. By doing this exercise, what it helps you with is it exercises your brain to have the ability to look at a person, look at a situation from multiple points of view. So you're not like laser, laser focused, locked in one view. And that's what black and white thinking, all good, all bad thinking tends to do. So let's just say that your partner has um, been a, a very good gift giver, always remember your anniversary, write that down. Your partner does this and that thing, specific things for your child, write it down. You had a fantastic time when um, when you were in on vacation, write that down. When you were sick, he took care of you, write that down and read the list. So next time when you're feeling really frustrated, it will help you remember that this is a whole person that we're considering here. So I hope you find these tips helpful. If you enjoy episodes like this, please like and subscribe so you get future notifications. And of course, always welcome you to join the ladies and me to the women only coaching group where we go really deep onto topics like this and we cover people's unique circumstances as well. So we take real world examples and use a framework to exercise through it. Until next time, I hope you have a wonderful week.